0: Welcome to Crime Shots. I'm Bree.
1: And I'm Joe. Here we go. Here we go.
0: So, alright. So, in a previous episode, I think it's like episode 34, uh, we discussed the murder of Joan Robinson Hill in right. 1969. Okay. So, first of all, <laughs> I went to the cemetery where she's buried. Nice. Um, We went there... I don't remember when it was. Last month, I guess. Um, and it's so weird because we're driving around trying to find it, you know? And, uh, which, I mean, we were there for other reasons, but... And uh, it's just, like, randomly in the middle of stuff, but, like, right off the curb by a bush.
1: This is in Houston, right?
0: Mm-hmm. And, I, I like, I just feel like you would think that with her status and her like i guess family wealth that there would have been something more
1: but it was just one little headstone
0: yeah it's like and it's a flat one it's not even one that stands up hmm. but it was
1: just maybe they didn't like her
0: well i mean she was murdered by her husband so
1: yeah he was like mm, Probably didn't nah. like
0: her <laughs> yeah but the um Everything that's surrounding her is absolutely beautiful. Like, that is the most well-kept cemetery I've ever seen.
1: Yeah. That's what Nikki was saying.
0: It's super extravagant, and it's just... And you can tell, like, the different cultures of each headstone. It's so pretty. Anyway, um, if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it. It's a fascinating story. Like I said, it's about the wealthy woman who was murdered by her husband.
1: Yeah. She had horses and stuff.
0: Yeah, she did have horses, yeah. Uh, equestrian. In the episode, we discuss, in length, the famous home that, she, that, that they lived in. And it was located in, like, a lavish neighborhood of River Oaks in Houston. And I also discuss with Nikki about how her and my mom have been there, and they went without me. Mm. And that makes me sad.
1: You should have gone.
0: Well, I wasn't invited. I've never seen the house, and I wasn't invited. Okay. So, anyway. River Oaks is an upscale neighborhood on the west side of Houston.
1: Okay. River Oaks.
0: Right. It current... Like, the community sits on, like, 1,100 acres. So, when I say that this is, like, a lavish, upscale neighborhood... The real estate values range from one million to twenty million
1: Thanks.
0: and in Texas, that's a lot,
1: yeah I mean like up up
0: north that's I guess more common to be up in that price range, but down here that's a lot and we're and we're not I'm not talking about houses that sit on twenty acres of land. I'm talking about lots right. So that's a lot.
1: Well, I mean, it's in the middle of Houston. It's. Yeah. It's a high end area.
0: Right. Um, So not only was this community clouded with scandal in 1969, but. There was another storm that happened just a few years prior in 1964 that I was unaware of when we talked about. That episode.
1: You're going to have to fill me in here because I don't know what the hell you're talking about.
0: I'm going to tell you. This is what we're going to talk about. So this is the story of Candy Mossler.
1: Mossler. Mosler? Nope. Mossler. I don't know. M-O-S-S? Yes. Okay.
0: So is that Moss or Mos? Moss. So I said it right.
1: Yeah. Don't confuse I was me. I'm just asking. Yeah, but well, I don't know how you, know. you are.
0: <laughs> You'll come up with some <laughs> crazy story. Well, back in Egyptian times there was this guy You don't
1: know how I am.
0: <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs>
1: I don't do that all the time. I keep it pretty tame for a while and then and then I bring one out and you're like, What? Yeah. That's... If I did that all the time, it, it wouldn't work.
0: I I feel like you do it all the time.
1: <laughs> well.
0: <laughs> Alright. So uh Candy Weatherby. Was born February 18th, 1920 in Georgia to Lon and Lizzie Weatherby.
1: 1920.
0: 1920.
1: We're going back.
0: i will going back. Yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. Um, She was one of 12 kids.
1: That's too many kids.
0: <laughs> and she was right in the middle. She was like the sixth kid. Hmm. She grew up, Katie grew up picking cotton and harvesting crops, so it's not like she grew up in, like, luxury.
1: That's why they needed 12 kids.
0: <laughs> um, Her mother, Lizzie, passed away during childbirth with her 13th child.
1: Mm. Wow. Yeah. So there weren't 13 kids, so the kid passed away too, The yeah. 13th passed away also, huh? Right. That's rough.
0: After that, her father Lon became an alcoholic and left Georgia.
1: Their her father who? Lon. Lon.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: His name is Lon, like Lonnie. Lon. Like L O N. Hmm. That's a weird name.
0: I mean, it might be short for something, but I I didn't. It didn't have like an extended name. Like Lizzie, I'm sure is short for Elizabeth, but it didn't have an extended name yeah so um anyway so he left georgia and he left candy and the younger kids there hmm. like there were relatives around i guess and like so he like left them with relatives and this was when 19 well she was almost in high school so
1: so 30 something
0: no but yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have been in the 30s, yeah. When Candy was in high school, she was married off to Norman Johnson.
1: I feel like you're just breezing over all these weird things. So she was right. married off.
0: Right. Well, it was common back then.
1: Was it? Yeah.
0: Once you reached, like, a certain age, right? Like, your parents are trying to get rid of you so that somebody else can, can pay to take care of you. I guess so. Yeah, you know. You know.
1: Do I do I yeah. know?
0: Yeah, you know. Anyway, I mean, he didn't they didn't get married until after she graduated from high school, but she was promised to him in high school. Gotcha. Okay. So Norman right. was born in 1910 and was a civil engineer that lived in Alabama. All right they got married in 1939 so she was 19
1: Mm-hmm. then in 1929
0: yeah see that was also common Hmm. then in 1940 they had norman johnson jr very creative very creative with these names yep yep in 1943 they had a daughter rita rita Rita. Um, and that's when the family moved to New Orleans. Norman had gotten a job at a shipyard as an engineer, so they moved to New Orleans. Nolens.
1: Nolans.
0: Obviously, you know, they didn't like being married to each other. It was, it was kind of forced on them, I guess.
1: It was forced on one of them.
0: <laughs> so Norman left and moved to Colorado. Mm-hmm. Candy stayed in New Orleans with the kids and that's when she decided she is going to try to like make something of herself, build herself. So she attended the Barbizon School of Modeling in New York.
1: Hmm. You ever heard of it? Negative.
0: No, me either. Apparently this place is still functional. It now has more than 200 locations worldwide. Interesting. The average cost as of 2019 to attend is twenty five hundred dollars. That's it. Mm-hmm.
1: How long is?
0: I I would imagine. Like, are we talking
1: a year? Are we no, talking?
0: No, I imagine a it's week? like you just get training for like modeling or acting. It's like classes.
1: Yeah, but when you say the average cost to attend, do you mean like one class? I would imagine It's twenty five hundred dollars.
0: Yeah, it just says the average cost as of 2019 was $2,500. So I would imagine that's probably a class. Hmm. You know how I like to do uh, notable alumni include Carmen Electra, Ryan Felipe, Sean Ferris, Amelia Vega, and there's a whole bunch more.
1: I mean, any more prominent ones? Cause...
0: Hey, Ryan Felipe's prominent.
1: Who's, who is it?
0: He played in. Uh, I know what you did last summer. He played in uh, that new show on HBO. That or not? I don't know if it's on HBO. Anyway, uh, Blue Sky. He play. He's married to uh, Reese Witherspoon.
1: I I don't know. Not ringing any bells at all.
0: Yeah, he's gorgeous.
1: Ryan Felipe.
0: Yeah, I bet you know who Carmen Electra is, though, don't you?
1: I was gonna say she's the only one I know of out of all the ones you just mentioned.
0: She's the least talented.
1: I mean, yeah, I was gonna say she's not. If that's the the type of acting they're going for, Mm -hmm. that's Ryan Felipe's
0: good. He's legit.
1: I I'm looking at his picture. I I know who he is, but I don't. Yeah.
0: I know him most from I know what you did last summer franchise. Oh,
1: uh, wasn't he in uh he was in the other one. Uh Sarah Michelle Gellar. Way back. Oh, come on. Cruel Intentions. Yes. Yep. That's where I know him from.
0: But he's married to Reese Witherspoon. Hmm. Interesting. And he's been in, I mean, he's been in I some movies. I did not know that.
1: Oh, yeah, he's, oh, he's been in a lot. I I'm, He was in I'm, The
0: Lincoln Lawyer. Yeah. He played the asshole.
1: He kind of, that's his, kind of his, his jam, isn't it? Oh,
0: yeah, 100%. And he does yeah. it well.
1: Yep. Yep, yep,
0: yep. So see. Yeah. Back to Candy. She eventually opened a business where she basically taught women how to model, do their makeup and diet.
1: Hmm. Mhm. All right.
0: And it I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. It was working for her. Mhm. Like it was it was going places, right? All right. Then in 1947, she volunteered for the New Orleans Opera where she was responsible for getting donations.
1: Mhm. Okay. So she's in charge of the donations for the opera?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Well, she's... So basically, like, she would have to, like, go around like, during the opera or whatever, like, like solicitation. Like, she would go around and be like, you know, please donate to keep the opera going.
1: She's that one you don't want to (laughs) see. She's the one you try to avoid during the whole thing and then get home before you have to talk to her.
0: I mean, that could be the case, yeah.
1: Okay.
0: And that is how she meets Jack Mossler.
1: Okay. Uh
0: so Jack was born May fifth, eighteen ninety-five. In Romania.
1: So he's twenty-five years older than her. Yep. And this is what date when they meet? Uh
0: in nineteen forty-seven. So
1: she's twenty-seven, he's fifty two. Two Mm -hmm. can Mm -hmm. we say sugar daddy?
0: Oh no no no. Let me explain that relationship. Okay. So he had come to the US like he came to New York and eventually moved to New Orleans as an adult. After opening several businesses and serving in the army in World War One, Jack eventually developed a thirty three million dollar banking and loan empire. All right. Jack was recently divorced from a 30-year marriage. He has four children with his ex-wife, all girls. I cannot, for the life of me, find their names. I can't find the name of the (laughs) ex-wife. So, that's Hmm. him. Jack only donated $25 to the opera because he said that it bored him.
1: (laughs) That sounds like me. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that does sound like you, ass. <laughs> but I guess Candy didn't bore him because they were married in 1949. Hmm. Literally when they got home from getting married, like the day, they moved to Houston. Interesting. So Jack thought it was a good place to build a new headquarter for his empire. At the time, 1949, 1950, Houston was like booming oil fields type stuff. So that's where all of the wealthy people went because that's where all the money was at the time. So he was like, let's go here and we'll build some stuff here. Uh, So he built Candy, what was considered a castle in River Oaks. So the house is, loca- is located at 3711 Willowick Road in Houston. So I'm gonna describe what it looks like now. We can all- we'll post some pictures. So the front of ha- front of the house is red brick with ro- white trim and black shutters. There's a brick drive, circle drive. There's six huge pillars at the entrance on the the front porch. Um, The back of the house looks to me mostly like windows overlooking a pool with a gazebo on the lawn and a tennis court to the side. So inside the house, uh, there's hardwood floors leading to a spiral staircase surrounding a large chandelier with floor to ceiling windows in every room.
1: It's it's just a mansion. Yeah. The big old nasty mansion.
0: Yeah. One of the rooms leads out to a small garden with, like, fountains and, like, tiny statues and stuff. The house has five bedrooms and five and a half baths. Although, the reports from 1950 say that it had 28 rooms and a seven-car garage.
1: What? So it has 28 rooms, but it's only five bedrooms and five and a half baths. Well...
0: There, here's the thing. It's it's been altered since it was built, so yeah. I imagine it probably was, and since then has pieces of it. I I think have been torn down. So at one time it was probably considered a castle, and now it's just a big mansion house. Hmm. You said does that make sense?
1: I guess. But there was no no record of all that.
0: No, there's record of it, <laughs> but. That's not in the current listing. Hmm. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, And the house looks significantly smaller than when it was originally built. So I feel like Hmm. pieces of it have been torn down since then.
1: Gotcha. Um,
0: It currently sits on 1.2 acres. However, when Jack had it built, it sat on three acres. So that it's since been split up. And sold off.
1: Mm.
0: However, I don't think much has been built behind the house there, but there is a house like right next to it in the front. So they yeah. may have sold that off. In 2016, it was listed at 12 million, and later that year, the price was brought down to 11 million because mm. 12 was too high. So we're gonna go with 11. In January of 2017, it was listed at $7 million and then sold in February. So today, its estimated value is $8.8 million.
1: Not bad.
0: Yeah. According to Google Maps, as of 2021, it is very much under renovation. Hmm. And appears to have been painted white.
1: What was the address again?
0: 3711 Willowick Road. I'll wait while you look it up.
1: Yeah, I mean, it definitely looks like the... I don't know. To me, it's like a... It's nice, but it's like 70s nice. You know what I mean? Or 60s nice. Or 50s nice.
0: Right. Rob described it as the Home Alone house. Yeah. Kind of looks like the Home Alone
1: house. Kind of does. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. But like I said, I feel like it was, there was more
1: mm-hmm.
0: back then. If you think about it, like, way back when, rooms were a lot smaller. So it's also highly likely that they tore some, like, they redid some of the inside to where the rooms were bigger.
1: Right, tore out some walls. Right. Things like that. I could see that.
0: As far as the seven-car garage, I know that there is, so there's a circle drive and then there's a part where you go straight back and there's like kind of like mom and dad's garage, like where it's just like a drive through type thing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if maybe there's a seven car garage back there, but I couldn't see it on the map. So that's why cool. I'm not a hundred percent sure if that's still there. Okay. Um, And it's three stories.
1: Yeah. It's like colonial It's a colonial look. I wouldn't pay $8 million for it. You wouldn't? No.
0: So, Candy quickly became liked by everyone in the community, and she welcomed the, the label of socialite. One of the things I was talking to Nikki about last night, I feel like a socialite in that time is equivalent to, like, uh, an influencer. Our time... <laughs>
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> they just make appearances.
1: Right, they just they go out and party and hope they get in the tabloids. Right, that's all they're that's all they're doing.
0: Um, so there was rarely an event that she was not a part of, and rarely a check she did not write. Cool.
1: Then in
0: 1957, Jack was on a business trip in Chicago when he heard news of a tragedy that happened. So, I'm going to tell you about the tragedy.
1: Okay. A tragedy.
0: So, Leonard Glenn of Chicago was married to Betty, and they have five children and one on the way. They have Daniel, who is five, Martha is six, Edward is two, Christopher is four, and Alexander, who is just an infant. And then they have one on the way.
1: I wish you had done that in age progression. That way we could keep up with it.
0: I'm sorry. Okay, here we go. We have Martha who is six, Daniel is five, Christopher is four, Edward is two, Alexander is an infant, and then one on the way.
1: So they skipped one in between between the four and the two. They took a break.
0: Oh, they had a year off. Yeah. So uh, Leonard was not well. He suffered from alcoholism and at one point was even ordered by the court to be placed in a psychiatric hospital. Mm. Then on January 12th, 1957, he just kind of lost it. He grabbed a rifle and went into the room where his wife and daughter Martha were sleeping and shot his
1: wife. Wow.
0: And then he took Martha, woke up the other kids, and took them into the kitchen And made them some breakfast. Logical. Right. At some point, Martha looks over to find her dad with a knife stabbing at Alexander, the baby. Huh? Mm Mm-hmm. And she thought at the time that her dad maybe shot him and was trying to get the bullet out.
1: He was literally stabbing the baby.
0: Yeah. It was later determined that he was just stabbing him. He wasn't trying to, he he hadn't been shot. He was just stabbing him. Then, he loaded the kids up and just drove around for, like, a day. Like, over a day.
1: It sounds to me like he found out that the baby wasn't his. Killed her, killed the baby, and moved on.
0: Let me, stop with your assumptions.
1: I mean, you know, what He took the baby with him. After stabbing the baby? Yeah. Was the baby.
0: The baby's not dead yet. So yeah, he takes the baby and the rest of the kids and they drive around for like over a day and the, until they crash into a snowbank.
1: Mm.
0: When, the, when the cops finally find him, they rushed Alexander to the hospital where he died shortly after arriving. Mm. Leonard explained to the cops, I cut the baby because I didn't think my wife was dead and if I couldn't kill her, I was going to kill the baby. What? Yeah.
1: So he's just a straight-up psychopath. Yeah. He just didn't take his meds that day.
0: Right. Or every day. Or every day. So the kids were sent to stay with their uncle. And I assume the father was either sent to prison or a hospital or something. I'm not sure. So when the news broke out about the Glenn family and everything that happened, Jack called Candy to tell her there's four kids without parents. So Candy hopped on a plane to meet Jack to try and adopt the children. And they did.
1: Wow. <laughs> Seems hasty.
0: <laughs> well, when I was reading that, I was like, okay, where's his four kids? His four daughters with his first wife. <laughs> right. Where's her two kids with her first husband? They're just going to adopt these four. Mm. Anyway, but they loved the kids. Um, She had them with her all the time. She took them to events, fundraisers, drive-in movies, bowling. They would frequently visit their ranch house and and their beach house in Galveston. She took them to church with her on Sundays and enrolled them in Sunday school. Other than her constant migraines, candy, seem to have just like the perfect life inside and out until one day. It's always perfect until it's not right. Uh, candy gets a call from her sister, Elizabeth powers. Elizabeth needs help getting her son, Mel out of jail.
1: Hmm.
0: So Melvin lane powers was born January 13th, 1942 in Alabama.
1: Mhm.
0: So this goes back to that discussion we had previously about people being considered attractive back in the day.
1: <laughs> right.
0: And Melvin was considered extremely handsome. Of
1: course he was.
0: Like they called it movie star quality. Mm. Um, I disagree. I strongly disagree. Uh, they said that he was extremely muscular and his face was covered in scars.
1: And that was that made him attractive.
0: I mean, it is what it is. He served in the navy, but he was always a troublemaker. Like he w- he had always been getting in trouble in school, and uh, he was known for trying to calm people out of their money. At one point, he was working in Michigan. And convinced an eighty nine year old man to invest like twenty thousand dollars in a fake magazine.
1: I see it. He's he's got the cleft chin. He's got the strong chin. That's what they're that's what they're going for there. I'm, I see. He's got I'm, a pretty symmetrical face. He's got a big nose. Okay. But a pretty symmetrical face. Well, hang on, face. but wait a minute.
0: Wait a minute. Yeah. Wait before you start looking at pictures, okay? Why? I'll you'll see. Okay. Okay, so he convinces this 89-year-old man to invest $20,000 in a fake magazine, mm-hmm. right? So he was convicted of fraud for that mm-hmm. and sentenced to 90 days in jail.
1: Yeah, you can't do that. It's not okay.
0: <laughs> that brings us to Elizabeth's call. So she was calling because she wanted Candy to take Melvin in when he when he got out of jail. Because like- she felt like... Well, she felt like if Melvin went to stay with Candy and River Oaks in Texas, you know, he'd stop doing all this nonsense. He'd straighten up, get a decent job.
1: Well, let's let's go back here and figure out how old was he at this point. What are we talking?
0: So he was born 1942.
1: Yeah.
0: And this is 1962.
1: So he's 20 years old. So she wants to take in, she wants her to take in a 20-year-old kid from prison
0: well he was only in there for 90 days
1: doesn't matter he's 20 i'm just saying he's not 13 right that's odd
0: well you know candy she's a nice hearted lady and so she took him in and he moves to houston so he moved he has his own room at the house despite many children that -hmm. the couple had obviously He was given a Thunderbird to drive around, and um, I assume because he had the ability to sell sand in the desert, uh, Jack gave him a job at his company in sales.
1: Hmm.
0: So, he's he's developed, right?
1: (laughs) Who better to hire than a guy selling fake magazines, right?
0: Yeah. I mean obviously, you know, he's he's good at sales. Yeah, okay. So, it wasn't long after Melvin's arrival that Candy set him up for some uh um, improvements. Surgery? He had four surgeries. Oh, wow. He had his tonsils removed? His face was sanded? What? His face was sanded? Sanded. Sanded. Yeah, well, like, like all the you know, because he he was covered in scars, like acne scars, is what they were, Uh and so he he had that sanded so that okay face was nice and smooth. He had autoplasty, which is basically having your ears stapled back, and he was circumcised.
1: (laughs) I see where this is going. I think.
0: This is important. Okay. It's a, it's important. Then in so you see what I say. Watch, hold on with the pictures you're looking at because there were some alterations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh. Then in 1963, some stuff starts going down. So just like the next year, so Melvin leaves the company. Some reports say that Jack fired him for an unknown reason. Others say that Melvin told Jack that he would be leaving to pursue other ventures. Either way, Jack asked Melvin to move out of the house. Yep. So I feel like if he had just been wanting to like take another job or something, Jack wouldn't have gone so far to kick him out of the house. Right. But that's just me. in the meantime Jack leaves to go stay at their apartment in Florida. My assumption is that Candy probably took Mm. Melvin's side, Mm. and Candy and Jack fought about it, so Jack left for a while. But, according to Candy, everything's fine, he's just away on business.
1: Sounds like Melvin found a sugar mama. (laughs) Uh,
0: Then, in June of 1964, Candy and the kids go to stay with Jack in Florida. Candy hadn't been feeling well and was really struggling with migraines.
1: Mm.
0: She had actually been to the hospital four times during their stay in Florida.
1: Mm.
0: One time in particular, she took the kids with her to the hospital so cuz she she would get injections for her migraines. Yeah. And so she took the kids with her this time so she could get her injection. Then they get home at like 4:30 in the morning. On June 30th. And when they got to the apartment. They find Jack dead. Mm-hmm. He'd been bludgeoned. And stabbed 39 times. Mm. According to the neighbors. They heard uh, the dog. Continuously barking. And they could hear Jack screaming. Ah. And when they looked outside. They saw a dark haired man. in dark clothing leaving the
1: apartment. Wow.
0: It was discovered that Jack's wallet was gone, along with several hundred dollars that he left in the bathroom, and a diamond wristwatch that belonged to Candy.
1: Hmm.
0: So it's a burglary.
1: Sure, it is. I've been doing this too long. <laughs> I don't believe it. I don't buy it's it. It's
0: never. It's never just a robbery. Never. So, Candy told authorities that her husband had made plenty of enemies over the years, running a million-dollar empire. So, Jack's funeral was in Miami, but he was buried at Arlington National Cemetery in Washington, D.C. Hmm. Investigators pull everything they have to try to figure out what happened and who did this. Right. In doing so, they start to uncover things about Jack and Candy's marriage that seemed a little rocky.
1: Yeah.
0: That's when Candy explains to detectives that Jack often liked the presence of other men.
1: How dying. What?
0: Yeah. In fact, during their visit to Florida, Candy says Jack had received several phone calls from men with, quote, feminine sounding voices.
1: Now, is she just making this up? I don't know. Let's see. Okay.
0: While investigators begin to look into Jack's supposed alternate lifestyle, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: what they find was very different.
1: Yeah, they found her alternate lifestyle.
0: For the past two years, Candy appears to have taken a lover.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. You want to guess who it is? Melvin. Her nephew, Melvin. There you go. Investigators found love letters between the two of them. They would meet up in quiet corners around the house and take drives out to the ranch and to the beach house together. Investigators believe that this knowledge is the actual reason for Melvin getting fired from the company. Mm -hmm. They suspected that Jack found out about their affair and kicked Melvin out of the home.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Ultimately, it was determined that Candy and Melvin had cooked up a plan to get rid of Jack and take all his money. Dying. So, in May of 1965, Candy and Melvin are charged with murder. They go to trial. So, this is my favorite part of these stories, is the trial. <laughs> so, for the prosecution, we have Arthur Hutto, 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 H-U-T-T-O-E. Hutto, E.
1: Hutto, Hutto, <laughs> Hatoeth. Yeah. Ha- we'll call to him toe. Arthur. Hato. And... Arthur Hato. Hato.
0: Hato. Hatatoe. Okay. And Richard Gerstein. All right. Yeah. I didn't find much on these two other than Arthur was like a seasoned prosecutor and would eventually become a judge later on in life. Richard used this case as a jump start for his political career. hmm um, and because I've never heard of either of them, I don't feel like that went anywhere.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, obviously, they were playing the money angle. Right? Right. So, Jack would be worth $7 million at the time of his death, and Candy was set to get all of it. Mm-hmm. So, $7 million and 65 is equivalent to, like, $20 million these days.
1: Easily. Probably yeah. Probably double that now in the last year.
0: Yeah. So, uh, Candy hired Percy Foreman. <coughs> do you know who he is?
1: Percy Foreman.
0: Percy Foreman. I do not. That's okay. I'm going to explain it to you. Okay. He's a well-known criminal defense lawyer in Houston. hmm So, Percy graduated from the University of Texas Law School in 1927. Mm-hmm. Out of 1,500 death penalty cases, he only lost 53. And of those 53 losses, only one resulted in an execution. Wow. He received numerous awards in his career, including Lawyer of the Year in 1984 and the Golden Plate Award in 1966. Hmm. Uh, He represented people like General Edwin Walker, James Earl Ray, Charles Harrelson, and was even requested by Jack Ruby after he shot Lee Harvey Oswald.
1: Wow. And what, he said no? He was like, nah, I'm good.
0: I actually think he was on the case. Was he? Yeah, but I'm pointing out the fact that Jack actually requested him. Like, it was... Right. Yeah. But I, I don't... Maybe he wasn't on the case. I don't know. I just know Jack requested him. I'm saying Jack like we're old friends.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh... Their defense was that Jack... Not Jack Ruby. We're talking about Jack Jack.
1: Yeah. Jack Jack.
0: That, yeah. That Jack was living a separate life than that of a loving husband and father. Basically, long story short, they are saying Jack was gay. hmm There were 224 witnesses called to testify. Dang. Yeah. Some were employees of the house that could... Really, all they could testify was that they saw Candy and Melvin around the house. hmm Some were people off the street that testified about seeing Candy and Melvin together... Some of them testified that Candy tried to hire them to kill him, but most of whom were people that lived on the street, so their testimonies weren't taken very seriously. Right. They did have the letter, like the letters between the two, professing their love for one another.
1: Ah, geez. They wrote love letters? Love
0: letters. Oh, love letters. <sighs> oh, yeah. Um, but Candy explained that this is how she wrote all. Of her letters to her close family and friends. Okay. And. Some of the snippets. You know. That I guess they felt were important. Mm -hmm. I mean. I can definitely see somebody like. Candy writing letters like that to friends. To be honest. I'm not saying she didn't have an affair with the guy. I'm just saying I can see where people would believe her. Okay. That's basically all they have. So is it enough for a murder conviction? Is it enough?
1: I mean, I don't know. All I know is what you're telling me here. So if that's really, if all they really have are, quote, love letters.
0: Yeah, they have no murder weapon. They have, I think that they were able to show that Melvin had boarded a plane around the time. But that's really all they had.
1: Plane going to Miami?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, going to Florida.
1: Mm-hmm. Hmm.
0: But that's really all they had. Yeah. But he had, he had an alibi and said he never left Texas.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't sound like they've got a whole lot they can deal with.
0: So, Percy pointed out for the defense that Candy says Jack lived a different life and was so distraught by it, she sought comfort in Melvin as her family. And that was all.
1: Some weird comfort, lady.
0: <laughs> well, keep in mind, she is a well-known lady. Everybody loves her. This is a lady that's always throwing parties and donating and doing anything people asked her to do, okay? Okay. So right then and there, people's perception of her is already altered. Mm-hmm. So the defense pushed the notion that Jack had a lot of enemies and had a, and a number of them could have robbed and killed him. He owned a finance company. So while there was a lot of easy business, there was also times he had to repo cars for people's lack of payment or foreclose houses. So. While he was liked, he was also hated. Yeah. Percy also noted that the authorities did find evidence of a robbery. If Melvin and Candy had conspired, they would have had no reason to rob him.
1: Yeah. I mean, but it makes sense, but at the same time that's the that's almost like the most well-known way to try to disguise a murder in the first place. Yeah. I mean, how many times have you heard that where just cuz, you know, they go to they go to murder the guy, but then they steal his stuff just to throw the cops off the case. Yeah. Happens all the time. Yeah. Not unheard of at all.
0: Well, during the closing statements after 33 days of trial.
1: Wait, 33 days of trial. Oh yeah. And you're telling me they only had love letters. I mean, well, I know they, they, were, had they go, brought a bunch of They had of to witnesses go through
0: 224 in, but... witnesses that testified to shit that doesn't even matter. That's pretty crazy. So 33 days of trial. The prosecution spoke for 62 minutes.
1: Hmm.
0: Percy spoke for five hours.
1: Oh my God.
0: In his closing statement. (laughs) Can you imagine having to sit there and listen to this one guy talk for five hours? Yeah,
1: the jury's sitting there going, oh, okay, not guilty. Leave. (laughs) Holy shit.
0: So the all male jury. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. Deliberated for 16 hours and came back with a verdict on March 6th, 1966. Not guilty. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Candy, of course, received the entire estate. She and Melvin lived together in Houston for several years before splitting up. Mm Mm-hmm. Melvin eventually became a sought-after bachelor in Houston.
1: Well, he had his face sanded. <laughs> Gotta be hot now.
0: I I disagree. That's <laughs> fine. At this time, Candy would be in her 50s, and she was still pulling them in. Mm-hmm. Like, she was pulling them. Apparently, she had a little thing with Chuck Berry.
1: Hmm.
0: There is an entire chapter about her in his autobiography. Hmm. Hmm. Then, in 1971, she married Barnett Garrison. Barnett? He was born September 16th, 1938. So I make him like 33 when he married Candy. Hmm. Uh, He was an electrician and owned a few nightclubs in Houston.
1: Hmm. Uh,
0: In August of 1972, he was found face down on the stone patio with an automatic pistol beside him.
1: Wow.
0: In the house in Houston. The same house.
1: I mean, I'm assuming there's a bullet hole in the side of his head. Nope. So... He had
0: no bullet wounds whatsoever. It appeared he had fallen from the third story of the home. What? Yeah. He was still alive. And when the cops got there, they find him, take him to the emergency room. When they find Candy, she was in her room, basically incoherent. Wow. Wow. Like, she's, like, mumbling, like, weird stuff. And they said they they couldn't tell if she had taken something or if she was drunk. But she was gone. Yes. So, uh, his fall was ruled an accident. When he finally recovered, he could remember things about his life, like where he went to college and stuff like that. But being married to Candy was not one of those things he remembered. Wow. How convenient. Mm-hmm. So, he went to stay with his parents, and Candy filed for divorce. Mm. After that, Candy, I feel like, kind of went down, like, she went in a, like, spiral, right? She was rumored to have relationships with all kinds of people, including Sammy Davis Jr. Mm. And a member of the Drifters.
1: Hmm.
0: Um, she kept messing with her will a bunch of times, like, adding and removing different children.
1: Yeah.
0: And then on October 26, 1976, Candy died of an overdose of migraine medication in Miami. Wow. She was buried at Arlington National Cemetery.
1: <laughs> what, next Jack. to Jack? Yeah. Wow.
0: And her tombstone at the very right top says, his wife, <laughs> Candace Mosler." Wow. <laughs> the end.
1: I like there were too many drugs involved in that whole life. Drugs? Yeah, that just sounded like a big party scene.
0: Yeah, I don't really know what it was like back then. I mean, I'm, I understand what probably the, the, those kind of parties are like now. But, mm. but it talked a lot about her going to the hospital for migraines and stuff.
1: And you weren't going to mention the part where she said that she already shot him?
0: Nope, okay, because it was it's irrelevant, I mean she wasn't charged with it. it was ruled a su- I mean it was ruled an accident. No, he didn't say she did anything.
1: It kind of speaks to her frame of mind at the moment. you know what I mean no,
0: I think it just i mean it 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 more so proves how incoherent she was because he wasn't even shot
1: right, but if she shot at him. And then she he fell. No, but what I'm... She
0: didn't. How do you know? The gun wasn't fired.
1: It had never been fired?
0: No, he had it. It was like in his... It was in a little um, case.
1: I saw that. But. Right.
0: And he had it. And so I, I'm assuming when he fell or was pushed or whatever happened, he just had it with him. And mm. it went with him.
1: That's a lot of crazy in one life. I can mm-hmm. see why you'd swallow a bunch of sleeping pills. She
0: didn't swallow sleeping pills.
1: She overdosed on. She
0: over. Me. She overdosed on migraine medication. That's
1: what I meant. You know. Sleeping pills, migraine medication, heroin, cocaine.
0: It, but it could have been injections. It didn't have to necessarily be pills. Mhm. But I don't know. And I just think it's crazy because that's two. Like husband and wife murder cases in that neighborhood.
1: Mm. In October 1976, three months after the Esquire article was published, Candace flew from Houston to Miami to attend a bank board of directors meeting. She checked into a suite at Fontainebleau Hotel and called her Miami doctor, telling him she had a violent headache. He came to the hotel and injected her with Demerol and Phenergan, a sedative. Apparently, the doctor was not aware that Candace had already ingested tablets of Placidil, a barbituate designed to treat insomnia. Her secretary found her the next morning. News reports note she was dressed in a pink nightgown and lying face down in a five, in one of five plush pillows spread about her bed. Wow.
0: A lot of people compared her to Marilyn Monroe.
1: Yeah.
0: And I can totally see it.
1: Mm-hmm. But that's what she kind of looked like. Was a. Yeah. The blonde party girl. Old. Older.
0: I love I love Marilyn Monroe, so. Right. Like, a lot.
1: I heard she stunk all the time. What do you mean? Like she never showered. That's not true. Like body odor. I don't think that's true. Look it up. No, that's not true. Okay.
0: They do say that about a lot of famous people, though. They say Matthew McConaughey mm-hmm. rarely showered well, I... before he got married.
1: He doesn't. Uh, he's like a hippie. He doesn't. He doesn't believe in soap deodorant.
0: Well, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it.
1: Huh? I think it's crazy that the the doctor's the one that shot her up.
0: I mean, that happens a lot. Though.
1: It does. It's the famous people. Michael Jackson mm-hmm. comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they never get in yeah, trouble but for this Yeah, he knew shit. what he
0: was doing. No, I think he did. Wasn't he convicted? Michael Jackson's doctor? I think
1: they tried to do something. I don't know that... I think... Was he actually convicted? I don't know that he was. He was convicted. He has been released from jail. Mm -hmm. Served less than two years.
0: I think his license was revoked.
1: Hmm. Like, he's done. I mean, that's what these people do, and it's been done for so many years. Maybe that was the the straw that broke the camel's back, but... I mean, if you use your doctor to get high. Mel died in 2010 at the age of 68. His autopsy reported concluded he had died from a form of pneumonia, but listed a history of possible prescription drug abuse. The coroner also also noted that there was a prosthetic device... Implanted in Mel's penile shaft.
0: What? I didn't read that. <laughs> well, after he left the house, I didn't read up on anything else that may have happened.
1: That was in 2010.
0: Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, and then her 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 third husband, Barnett, <laughs> died in 2009.
1: Did you know that fewer than 50 people attended her funeral in Miami? No. That's kind of crazy.
0: Why? Well, if it was in Miami, I mean, first of all, she was old. And so Mm -hmm. from what I was reading, a lot of the people that were her friends in that neighborhood in Houston, once she came back from the trial in Miami, and they all found out that Melvin was living with her. And they were kind of like open about it. That's when all of them were like, oh, so she was guilty. And so they just stopped mm-hmm. talking to her. So she lost all of her. Or most yes. of her uh status. But she would always throw these parties and stuff like, like she would invite Chuck Berry and stuff like that. And of course, people would show up for that because there was famous people there. But. Yeah. There was one party in particular that they talked about where she like Chuck Berry was playing on a stage at in her backyard and she like just walks up on stage and just starts like French kissing him. Like like it yeah. was no big deal.
1: <laughs> yep. So He was in a coma for six weeks. Dying.
0: I find it strange that he recovered at all. That he lived.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, he literally fell from a three-story window. Actually, the roof is what they said. They said they found evidence of shoe-like tr- tread on the roof.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and you've seen the house. That's, that's pretty high. To fall from the roof. Yeah.
1: Huh. Barnett's fall was ruled accidental, but when I went to see Mickey Herskowitz, he told me a version of the story that's never been reported. Yeah, that's while he was researching his book mm-hmm. on Candace, one of her relatives told him that Candace had paid two men to beat up mm-hmm. Barnett after she discovered he was cheating. I on
0: didn't her. talk about that because that is one author's account and that that's what he wrote about in his book. And so I it's hard to distinguish what is actual fact and what is fluffed for his book for people to read it. Like, he's saying that that's what they said, but investigators didn't say that. They ruled it an accident, so.
1: Yeah. Weird. Oh, yeah. Huh. But that's why. He said they ice-picked him in the ears.
0: Right, but they there was no evidence of that when they took him to the hospital
1: well or would they have just said oh well his eardrums were punctured because no of the fall. they
0: specifically like mapped out all his injuries like he had a collapsed hmm. lung and uh like damage to yeah. certain body like so that wasn't even it so that's what i'm saying so i'm i'm almost positive a lot of the accounts from cuz i i looked into that guy in his book And I feel like there's a lot that he puts in there that investigators never talked about, but it's how much of it's fluff for the book. Exactly. I
1: hate that. I feel like that's done a lot more Mm -hmm. than.
0: But that's why I didn't say anything about it because it's like, okay, well, investigators didn't say that, and it was 100% ruled an accident, and the dude lived, so he would have said something if somebody tried to kill him, because he's he remembers. Not if he couldn't (laughs) remember. He just didn't want to be married to her anymore. Yeah. How do you remember most of your life except the fact that you're married to somebody? <laughs> no.
1: Well, they said his mom wouldn't let her see him anymore.
0: That's what she says.
1: Yeah. That's what Candy hmm. told Yeah.
0: tabloids. Not even investigators. That's what she told tabloids. Alright,
1: on to the next. Alrighty.